fan's opinionated analysis of every KISS release. I am your host, Ryo V, and I thank you for taking the time to join me today for episode 34, Crazy Nights. Before we get into the album analysis, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you haven't already done so, please leave a review on iTunes. Positive reviews and subscriptions help other KISS fans to find this podcast. If you have any comments or you want to provide any feedback, you can reach me at psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. That's psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at RyoV on Twitter. That's at R-Y-O-V-I-E on Twitter. Today's communication comes from Keith in the U.K. Keith sent in an email, and he has the following to say. Hi, Ryle. Still new to the podcast, playing catch-up. Passing the word around to my KISS buddies. Always appreciated. A few things the songs... Oh, <coughs> excuse me, a few things. The songs A Million to One and I Still Love You, Paul wrote about Donna Dixon, an actress he deeply loved, but left him to marry Dan Aykroyd, who she met on Spies Like Us. I really need to recheck my facts on this. But I'm sure in the book Party Every Day, Larry Harris states when KISS renewed their contract with Casablanca in 1978, it had become known as the disco label with artists such as Donna Summer and the Village People. So KISS's new contract stated they had to do two disco albums, but KISS style, Dynasty and Unmasked. Yes, they did think of removing their makeup for Unmasked, but they chickened out at the last minute. Rock on, Keith. Well, Keith, thank you for writing in, and of course, thank you for listening to the podcast, and help. Uh, thank you for spreading the word to your KISS buddies. That's always appreciated, um, very much so. And it looks like you're binging your way through getting caught up to this uh, to this current episode. I always love when I discover a new podcast or a show, um, and I do the same thing. I binge until current. It's always a lot of fun, um, for me anyway. Uh, as for your comments, I, I did not know that about Paul and Donna Dixon, so thank you for filling me in on that one. Of course, as soon as I read the email, I looked her up, and I can see why Paul had such a crush on her. Google Donna Dixon if you guys haven't done so already. Also, her bio said she met Dan Aykroyd on the set of Dr. Detroit and then starred in a bunch of films together, including Twilight Zone, the movie, fabulous film, and then Spies Like Us, another fabulous film. And when you look at the uh, lyrics to both A Million to One and I Still Love You, she must have had some serious effect on Paul because those are some of the best lyrics he's written. And I still hold that A Million to One could be crowned best song on Lick It Up. As far as the disco contract goes, I could totally see that happening. I think 
I recall reading somewhere that Kiss was asked to put together a disco record, um, and it would make sense because disco was huge at that time. And I, I said asked in air quotes, of course, because you know when when the execs ask for something, yeah, basically they're telling you this is how you do it. So um, what you said regarding the uh, what you read in the book makes total sense. And look, Kiss Kiss did a great job on their version of disco, just like many years later they would do a great job on their version of grunge with Carnival of Souls. I mean, they are professionals. They are adaptable. So they can easily make any genre sound great. But Dynasty and Unmasked are probably my least favorite. Unmasked especially, probably one of my least favorite albums. But again, like I've, I've always said, Bad Kiss is still Kiss, so it's still pretty darn good. Anyway, thanks again, Keith. Thanks for writing in. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word. And keep on listening. I hope that you continue to enjoy the podcast. And I hope that um, it continues to, you know, provide uh, information and uh, be a source of fun for you. That's, That's one of my goals here with the podcast is to make it fun for everyone as well as give myself a reason to revisit all these uh, all this kiss stuff that I that I own. <laughs> so <laughs> all right, let's get into the album analysis for this episode. And on this episode, we are analyzing the album Crazy Nights. And Crazy Nights was released on September 18th, 1987 on Mercury Records. And the band members for this album are as follows. Paul Stanley on rhythm guitar, vocals, and keyboards. Gene Simmons on bass guitar and vocals. Eric Carr on drums, percussion, and backing vocals. And Bruce Kulick on the lead guitar, keyboards, backing vocals, and he played bass guitar on Hell or High Water. The album was produced by Ron Nevison. Track listing for the album is as follows. Crazy Crazy Night starts it off, followed by I'll Fight Hell to Hold You, Bang Bang You, No No No, Hell or High Water, My Way, When Your Walls Come Down, Reason to Live, Good Girl Gone Bad, Turn on the Night, and the album wraps up with Thief in the Night. The album cover for Crazy Nights, as, as far as KISS album covers go, this is one of the more interesting ones. It shows what appears to be a shattered mirror reflecting each band member back to the viewer. And within each shard of the mirror, we see different images of the band members. The larger ones show close-ups, and the smaller ones show a longer shot from the torso up. The KISS logo is in each corner of the album cover in big, bright yellow block letters. And the name of the album is next to it in each corner in smaller blue block letters. Each member of the band is dressed in some kind of black, except Paul, who has a red muscle t-shirt on. I wonder if Paul was going through a phase in his life at this time, because on the back of the album cover, he is the only member that is shirtless as well. And damn, does he have a lot of body hair. Although, I think that was 
cool back then, the whole Tom Selleck as Magnum P.I. thing was going on. So I think women liked the body hair. I know it's not in vogue so much anymore these days, but back then I think it may have been. So Paul went shirtless and was sure to show off all of his chest hair. Now back to the front of the album, the mirror shards are so poignant and refined. It, it made me wonder if there was a deeper meaning to this cover. Why would you name an album Crazy Nights and then have broken mirrors on your cover reflecting the band's image? Was it because the night was so crazy we broke some mirrors? As far as overall ranking of the album's cover album covers go, I would I would put Crazy Nights in the middle of the pack, perhaps to the upper part of the rankings. I don't think it's going to break the top 10, but it would definitely be a middle-of-the-pack cover. It's, it's a pretty cool album cover, and, it, you know, it's 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 cool because it's it's somewhat innovative, right? Well, not somewhat. I mean, it is innovative. It's, it's, it's a different way to portray the band on the front of the album cover rather than just having, you know, full close-ups. Um, and it's it's better than the previous album cover, Asylum, which was just, you know, the painting of the four faces. And it's light years ahead of Animalize, which is one of the worst covers. And then I, I, I'd say Lick It Up's a little bit of a better album cover. But that, you know, that was that was done with a purpose, that stark white background so you could see the band members' faces for the first time. But, look, Crazy Night's album cover is, is it's a cool album cover. I like it. Um, I like the creativity in it. I like the way that the band members' reflections come back to the viewer. It It's a neat, a neat album cover. And, like I said, it's, it's a middle of the pack. Alright, let's move on, or at least move away from the album cover itself and talk a little bit about the album. Now, even though this is my least favorite Kiss album, um, Peter Chris solo does not count in that, I still know every word to every song. And listening to this record again and really revisiting it was it was like seeing an old friend after a long time apart. I grew up on this record. This was the album that put me over the top as a Kiss fan and cemented my love of the band forever. Now that may have been only because it was their latest album at the time, but this is the era when I became Mr. All Kiss. Crazy Nights was the album that cemented Kiss as my favorite band, which sounds odd to say because, again, it's my least favorite Kiss album. But it was the latest Kiss record at at a time in my life when I was impressionable and I spent hours upon hours listening to music. And my record collection at the time was pretty small, so I could spend extreme quality time with one particular album. Crazy Nights happened to be one of those albums that got a lot of exposure. I'm pretty sure there was a three-month period where I listened to this this album every day. I would come home from school, load the tape in my little cassette player, crank it up, let it play. And that's what always fascinated me about this album. Um, Excuse me, what always fascinated me about this album more than anything is the guitar work. Now, this is certainly the best work that Bruce did for any Kiss album that he played on. It's it's like Kiss said to him, just run wild and, and do whatever you need to. 
you have full creative license to take the guitars wherever you want them to go. Now, sure, Bruce was very present on Asylum, but that was his first release with Kiss, so he may have been a little cautious in how far to push the envelope. But by the time Crazy Nights came out, there were no restrictions, and Bruce let himself go. And that was a win for the fans. Now, he may not be Ace Freely, but come on, who is? Um, but Bruce Kulick is the second best guitarist Kiss ever had, and you could make an argument that he was the best they had. I personally don't feel that way, but I would understand someone making an argument for Bruce. His body of work speaks for itself, and his talent and his ability is all over this record, specifically on songs like No, No, No and I'll Fight Hell to Hold You. Bruce just shows off his amazing abilities in ways that leave fans grinning. And I'm sure that I did a lot of grinning while listening to this record as a 14-year-old. And for all of its campiness and for all of its flaws, Crazy Nights still has a special place in my heart. Least favorite album by the band? Yes. Terrible album by the band? Absolutely not. Crazy Nights is a great record. It's just one that doesn't get as much of my attention compared with the other records in the band's vast catalog. And and part of that could be because the band themselves have ignored the record since its release. Songs from Crazy Nights are almost never played live, and most of the songs have not been included on any compilation records. Now, this album and Music from the Elder are two albums that Kiss seems to avoid throughout their history. They've moved on and they've moved away from them and it's rare that they revisit them. And that could be part of the reason why I don't really pay attention to Crazy Nights anymore. It is a good album, but it's it's probably my least favorite record in the collection. I I think Crazy Nights and Unmasked will probably vie for least favorite album and and you know that could change on a given month what i'm listening to like right now i would i would say unmass is my least favorite album but that's because i've spent the last couple weeks really listening and revisiting uh crazy nights so that's fresh and top of mind but if i was spending all that time with unmasked crazy nights might have dropped so they're, they're neck and neck but it if it's not my least favorite it's my second least favorite and again it's still a great album it's just there's when when your kiss and your catalog is as vast as it is and you release so many masterpieces something's going to fall to the bottom this happens to be one of them all right let's do a little song breakdown shall we first song on the album is crazy crazy nights and this was written by paul stanley and adam mitchell and it was sung by paul stanley and what a fun song I mean, this is 80s rock at its finest. First track, lead single from the album, Crazy Nights is a spectacular song. It's a little song for everybody out there. Crazy Nights is an inspirational song about standing up for what you believe in and kicking all of the doubters to the curb. It could be a, also it could also be about Kiss specifically and how there are so many haters out there, but the fans are so strong that the haters are drowned out by the masses. These are my people, one million strong. Crazy Nights talks about the stress of the day and how hard times can be, but just hang in there. Don't let them break you. Blow off some steam and go wild during those crazy, crazy nights. Let yourself go. Let yourself be wild. 
That's the message in this song. And it's a good message and a true message. We all have times of trouble and doubt. And we should all have a way to let loose and not let the stresses of the day get to us. Don't let them tell us that we don't belong. There is a strength in numbers and we are stronger than the hate. That's the message here. Be proud of what you love and who cares what anyone else says. And Kiss definitely had their share of haters by this point in their career. The, the more popular you get, the more haters are going to come out in full force. And to heck with them. We have our own things going on. Now, musically, this song is pretty basic. Simple chord structures, basic drum and bass beats. Um, a decent solo by Bruce, but... <clears throat> Excuse me. Even that is pretty weak compared with the rest of the solos that he does on this record. I think Crazy Nights was meant to be the pop hit single that the record company wanted. So Kiss just kind of got that out of the way early and then went to work on what they really wanted to do. And Crazy Nights is a great song, but it's a basic song. And that's that's not a bad thing. Hell, Kiss's first three records are filled with basic songs. And it's some of their most classic and cherished work. So it's okay to go back to basics here and there, as long as you don't stay there. And, and they didn't. Alright, next up is I'll Fight Hell to Hold You. This was written by Paul Stanley, Adam Mitchell, and Bruce Kulick. And it's sung by Paul Stanley. This is a good song for the number two slot. Paul's vocals are powerful, um, and really, throughout this time period, it's the best Paul's voice ever sounded. He was at his strongest, that's for sure. I'll Fight Hell to Hold You is a simple enough song. It's a love song about how I will do anything to have you by my side forever. I'll fight anyone who tries to talk smack, and <clears throat> excuse me, I'll be there to hold you when you need someone. It's a charming and touching song. Not deep, not innovative, but a great song nonetheless. Now, more brilliant guitar work by Bruce, who really cut loose for his second studio album with the band. Brilliant work by Mr. Kulik. Extremely impressive. I'll Fight Hell to Hold You is one of those songs. It's a good song, but there's not much to say about it. Great guitar solo, great vocals, touching song, but... That's that's about it. It doesn't really do anything else. Now, I did forget how great a song this is, as I haven't listened to Crazy Nights in its entirety in a long time. So I did forget about this song. And, and listening to Paul's vocals on this just makes me smile. It brings me all the way back to 1987, 1988, sitting in my bedroom, jamming with Kiss, and just enjoying the days of my young life. Such simpler, simpler times. Next up is Bang Bang You. This was written by Paul Stanley and Desmond Child. And it was sung by Paul Stanley. And I'm sure that as a teen, I loved this song. Any song that sang about sex and getting lucky and banging was right up my alley. And being able to sing how I'm going to bang bang you, that was just awesome. An older, more refined me still enjoys this song, but it's nowhere near as cool now as I thought it was back then. I mean, really. Lines like, I'm gonna bang, bang you. I'll shoot you down with my love gun, baby. Ugh. 
That's awful. It's cheesy, and and yet it's oh so eighties. I remember reading a review article when when this album first came out, and the reviewer whose whose name I have long forgotten, uh, the reviewer was writing about this song in particular, and she was saying that she thought Kiss had matured past the point of this nonsense, um, songs that talk and objectify women and even discuss the dreaded love gun. And I remember reading this and, and getting angry. She doesn't understand. She's not cool. She's not a true fan. She just doesn't get kiss. But looking back on all that now with much older eyes, I see she did kind of get it. Now, I don't know if she was a kiss fan or not. Her review kind of made it hard to tell. But she was pointing out the fact that the band could be a little more refined and sophisticated. But that's not really Kiss. And so you're going to get songs like Bang Bang You, which as a teen I loved and as a middle-aged adult I still enjoy. But I'm far from putting this on any best of list. Lyrically, it's a very weak song for what little lyrics there are. Musically, it's another gem. I can only praise Bruce's guitar work and Eric's drumming so much, but they were both splendid. Paul's voice was amazing. Gene did a good job with the bass. I think Gene was more involved with this, with this album. Um, even as he was off being Mr. Hollywood, he kind of found a way to make Kiss more of a priority, which that was good for everyone involved. And you know, overall, Bang Bang You, solid song, decent song. Nothing spectacular, but good enough song. Next up is No, No, No. This was written by Gene Simmons, Bruce Kulick, and Eric Carr, and it is sung by Gene Simmons. Now, the first Gene-sung song comes with mixed emotions from me. On the one hand, I, I think it's a weak song. I think Gene's vocals sound pretty awful, and I think it's a throwaway tune that probably shouldn't have made the album. On the other hand... I think Bruce's opening solo and the musical riff that follows is the best piece of music on the entire record. If they had taken that instrumental and ran with it and just left this as an instrumental song, it would have been so much better. And Kiss was due for an instrumental. They hadn't done one since Escape from the Island back in 1981. But alas, they they gave this song lyrics and they gave it vocals and just kind of fell apart completely. I mean, listen to the guitar solo opener, and then Eric kicking in with the drums, and then Bruce scaling his way through the opening riffs. That's amazing. And then Gene jumps in with his vocals, and it just it just takes away from the song. Nothing against Gene. By now, you all know how much I love Gene Simmons. But it's just upsetting to hear this brilliant piece of music crumble due to weak lyrics and average song content. That instrumental intro deserves so much more. There's also a great instrumental middle, too, and this was obviously heavily influenced by Bruce and Eric being co-writers on this song. But like I already said, if No, No, No was an instrumental, I think it could be considered one of the best songs on this record. Alas, it was not just an instrumental. 
Next up is Hell or High Water. This was written by Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulick and sung by Gene Simmons. Now, this is a much better Gene song. And for years, this was my favorite song from Crazy Nights. And I I think part of the reason I love this song so much is that it became somewhat of an anthem for me. This this album was released when I was a freshman in high school. and, And that was right around the time I was really getting into girls. Now, unfortunately, high school was not the best experience for me. I certainly was not the cool kid. I was a bit awkward socially, and I was a touch intense emotionally. I I wasn't a hunk, and I wasn't in any of the elite social circles. Basically, I didn't turn any heads, so I had to work three, four, five times as hard to get a girl to even look my way. And I had this horrendous habit of liking girls that were already involved in a relationship and then asking them out anyway. Now, it never led me to getting the girl, but it certainly ended a few relationships. I was a mess. Anyway, during that point in my life, this song was a good anthem for me because there were girls that I wanted no matter what and come hell or high water, I was going to do everything I could to make them mine. Needless to say, they never did get to be mine. At best, we became friends, and y'all know what it means to be the dreaded friend zone when you have an interest that is much deeper than friendship. Now, lyrically, Hell or High Water is decent, although not deep. By now, we've accepted Kiss and their songwriting abilities for what they are, which mostly average when it comes to lyrics, and Hell or High Water is no different. It's a good enough song, but it only has two verses and a chorus. Once again, it's it's music that makes the song. I also like Gene's voice on this one. It sounds smooth. Fine work overall, and, and like I said, it, it was my favorite song for the longest time, and it's it's still up there in the top three, but I don't know if it's still my favorite. Two of the hits, Crazy Nights and Reason to Live, have risen to the top over the years. Um, you know, maybe we can call it a, a three-way tie. But you know, listening to this album again, like I said, really listening to it for the first time in a long time, those were the three songs that still stood out to me more than any: Crazy Nights, Reason to Live, and um, Hell or High Water. And I, I just always remembered that for a long time, Hell or High Water was my favorite. But um, Again, you know, might be a three-way tie as of now. Next up is My Way, and this was written by Paul Stanley, Desmond Child, and Bruce Turgon. Turgon? Turgon. T-U-R-G-O-N. Turgon. Sorry if I mispronounced that. And it was sung by, <coughs> excuse me, Paul Stanley. Now, this is another very 80s sounding song, and I don't say that in any negative connotation. The 80s was an era that produced some fine music, and My Way is a fine song. It's a, it's a damn good song, actually. Another one that is lacking in lyrics, two verses, a chorus, and a small bridge, but musically solid, and vocally Paul was at his prime, so almost any song that he sang sounded magnificent. And thematically, My Way is a great song of inspiration. Similar to Frank Sinatra's My Way, Kiss's My Way empowers the listener. I'm going to talk like I talk, walk like I walk, My Way. Be an individual. 
Be unique. Stand out from the crowd and don't blend in just because. In the end, my life is about my choices and I'll do it my way. No one else is going to tell me what to do. Going back to high school again, sorry that I keep going back there, but that's when this album came out, and thus that's the time period that I have the most memories about it. This was another song that I took to heart. I was definitely one who stood apart, um, and that was because I had to. Like, Like I said, I had to work five times harder than the other guys to get the gal's attention, so that made me have to march to the beat of my own drummer. And Kiss helped to show me that this was okay. It's all right to do it your way. Just don't go with the flow if you don't like the way the flow goes. Do it your way. It's also why I've always been proud to say I'm a Kiss fan. I don't care what other people think when I say Kiss is my favorite band. I didn't back then. I certainly don't now. Kiss is a great band, and they're a great band that I've always enjoyed, and they have been in my life longer than almost anyone or anything. I think baseball and my family are the only things that have been a part of my life longer. And I love that my family and friends think of me when they hear Kiss. Anyway, got off on a tangent there. Uh, My Way is, is a great song by Paul and one of the better tracks on this album. Next up is When Your Walls Come Down. This was written by Paul Stanley, Adam Mitchell, Bruce Kulick, and sung by Paul Stanley. Now, this is certainly the most pedestrian song on the record, especially when it comes to the lyrics. Uh, filled with cliches and incorrect references to children's nursery rhymes. When Your Walls Come Down is its a pretty bad song, and yet there's still something compelling about it. I don't know if it's the music or the second bridge or the solo, but there's something about this song that makes me like it, despite all of its faults. For a bad song... It's pretty damned good, but that's the thing about Kiss. Even a bad Kiss song, even bad Kiss songs are still Kiss songs, which means they're pretty decent. It's it's rare that I find a Kiss song I hate. Peter's solo record is not included in that statement. Now, let, let's examine the lyrics on this first. Liar, liar, got your pants on fire, cliché. And then when the cat wants to fiddle, the kitten's got to give him the moon. Now, I don't think that's exactly how the nursery rhyme went. I get that it's all tongue-in-cheek writing, but that opening verse is just, it's just terrible. And yet, there I am singing along every time I hear the song. And then in the second verse, we get classic Kiss sex references. You'll get your answers, babe, under the covers. And the last line in the verse, well, you'll swallow everything when you're with me. Sexist, but expected. Kiss was no stranger to innuendos, and even ones that were barely disguised as such as that line. I do find it humorous as well that in the same verse Paul states, I want to love to last forevermore, and then tells the girl that she will swallow everything. Is that his definition of love? Find a woman who swallows everything? That's pretty shallow. But as I've said before, it was the 80s. Times were different then. 
the song is blessed with another grand solo by Bruce Kulick. And two studio albums in, Bruce is proving that he really belongs. And while we all loved Ace, during the 80s, I, really, I didn't really think about Ace coming back to the band that much. I, I became a diehard Kiss fan in the 80s, and Bruce was already the lead guitarist. So perhaps that's why I wasn't nostalgic for the good old days. Uh, because I never really missed Ace. I, I was ha- Look, I was happy when the reunion happened. I was happy when I got to see Kiss in their full makeup. But I think I would have been just as happy if Kiss did not do the reunion and I got to see Bruce every time I witnessed the band live. I mean, to me, he was that good. And, and his solo helps to heighten When Your Walls Come Down, which is pretty much a throwaway song, but, but it, is, it is still enjoyable. Next song is Reason to Live. And this was written by Paul Stanley and Desmond Child, and it's sung by Paul Stanley. And this is the second of three singles from the album. I remember this song dominating MTV for a while. I I would see this video about three times a day. Uh, I spent a lot of time watching MTV during this period of my life, as did a lot of teenagers. The video was terrific, and of course the song was a mega smash hit for Kiss. By this time in the 80s, power ballads were a requirement for any metal album, and Kiss did write some of the better ones. And of course, Paul always sang them. Reason to Live is an exceptional power ballad that holds up to any from back in the day. It's it's such a grand song. The lyrics are pretty solid, figuring out how to move on from a breakup and how to empower yourself after you've lost someone. Everybody has a reason to live, but it can't be your love. I like the inspiration in the lyrics. This is how you pick up and move on. I'm not alone when I'm strong inside, and I realize that Everybody's got a reason to live. Good songwriting, profound thoughts there. Sure, it's only two verses and a chorus, but Kiss made this ballad rock, and they turned a simple song into a smash hit that fans would go on to love for decades. And look, if Kiss was smart, they would think about pulling this song out for the farewell tour. I mean, it it touches touches upon a certain part of the band's history that needs to be represented during the final shows. It was a huge hit. Fans are going to remember it. So don't be afraid to dust this one off, Paul. I'm sure Paul can still belt this out if he tries. And it would be nice to see this live one last time. Uh, Next up is Good Girl Gone Bad, and this was written by Gene Simmons, Devit Sigerson, and Peter Diggins, and it was sung by Gene Simmons. Now, hands down, worst song on the album award goes to Gene Simmons again. This this is just a bad song. There's there's nothing here that really saves it, and it, it is a forgettable throw away song this is a deep cut that i don't need to hear live hey when it's on i like it but in all honesty it's not a good song a girl has gone from good girl to bad girl and one kiss from her will turn you of course gene has to have her because now she's a bad girl she found love in the back of his car nah cliche, overused themes, overused lyrics, just ruins the song. And it's to be expected at this point. 
I, I guess. Again, it's not that this is an awful song, but it's far from great and, and certainly one of the worst that Kiss has recorded. Definitely the worst on Crazy Night. Even the outside collaborators and the solo from Bruce couldn't save this song. I just couldn't. I do like Gene's voice on this one. He he tries to sing in a more uh, more of a sultry tone, and then that was pretty cool to hear. But that's about all the positive I have for this tune. I mean, when it's on, I won't turn it off. But I don't think I would ever seek this song out. It's one of those songs when I hear it, I go, oh, yeah, I remember that song. Yeah, that's off Crazy Nights, right? But that that's about it. I'm sure if you ask several Kiss fans about this song, they would scratch their heads um, and just be like, what? <laughs> just, just say to a Kiss fan, try this. Just, just say to a Kiss fan, good girl gone bad, and see their reaction. If they remember the album it's from, Award them a couple of Psycho Circus bonus points. If they actually sing a line or two from it, they get a lot of bonus points. And if they claim it's one of their favorite Kiss songs, unfriend them because they're clearly not true Kiss fans. (laughs) Next song is Turn On The Night. This is written by Paul Stanley and Diane Warren and sung by Paul Stanley. And this... This is the last of the singles that was released from this record. Now, I always thought it was interesting that Paul's songs were the only ones getting singles during the non-makeup years, but as we've stated before, he, he was just more involved, so his songs were usually the stronger ones. Although I could make an argument that Hell or High Water should have been a single, uh, the three they released did very well. So perhaps if they wanted to put out a fourth single, that one could have been Hell or High Water. But the band was moving on to their next project at that point. Now, Turn on the Night is just, it's another great Paul song where his voice is amazing. This is this is such a fun song. It gets you moving. It makes you want to rock out. It's a much better sexual innuendo song from Paul because it also centers on that funny feeling you get in the pit of your stomach with the right partner. Come on, baby, put your finger on the switch. Let's make some sparks ignite. Now we're having some fun. Let's turn on the night. I can't wait any longer. I want to get to the night because that's the time I get to spend with you and this feeling keeps getting stronger. Solid song and another one that the band could dust off for the upcoming final tour. It was a hit. Fans will remember it. Uh, I would love to see this or Reason to Live come out for the last hurrah, but I know better. I mean, I'm doubtful we're going to see either one, and and that's a shame. Turn on the Night is a great song, and it's, it's one that I look back on and remember fondly, but... Again, no surprise if we don't see it. I, I, I think I'd be more surprised if we do see one of those songs than if we don't. Um, and this is another solid video that got plenty of airtime on MTV uh, as the last of the singles from the album. So, Turn On The Night, solid kiss, fun kiss, damned good kiss. The last song on the album, last song on Crazy Nights, is Thief in the Night. And this was written by Gene Simmons and Mitch Weissman. Weissman. Mitch Weissman. Uh, And sung by Gene Simmons. And the album closes with an average song, Thief in the Night. 
this this is an okay song, but it's it's far from grand, and it's pretty much another filler song. Now, I'm sure Gene wanted to have close to an equal number of songs on the record, so maybe they threw this one in to appease him, but let, let's face it, this... This is a pretty forgettable song. Even Gene wouldn't pull this one out for his solo tours. I mean, there's taking risks, and then there's just plain stupidity. And while I would love to hear this one pulled out just for the rarity factor, I completely understand why this song will never see the light of day anywhere else but here as the last song on Crazy Nights. Average lyrics, so-so music... Okay vocals, but nothing spectacular. Thief in the Night is just plain. Just plain vanilla. And again, Vanilla Kiss is better than No Kiss, but this is another one of those throwaway songs that most fans probably don't remember. And look, same bonus point structure will be awarded to any friends that can sing a line or two from this song without having to look it up. I'm going to go ahead and guess that not many points are going to be handed out. Alright, that is going to do it for this episode of the Psycho Circus Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to download, to listen, to enjoy this show. Um, if you do enjoy this show, or you got a comment you want to share, or anything you want to discuss, email me. PsychoCircusPodcast at gmail.com. That's PsychoCircusPodcast at gmail.com. Um, please be sure to go and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it be iTunes, Podcatcher, somewhere else. Um, please leave a review. Every review helps. Helps other KISS fans find this podcast and if you haven't done so already subscribe please subscribe to the psycho circus podcast if you're interested in checking out any of my written works you can visit rock and roll guru.blogspot.com that's where my written works are hosted rock and roll guru.blogspot.com and you can follow me on twitter i'm at ryov on twitter that's at r-y-o-v-i-e on twitter All right, so be sure to tune in next time where I cover Crazy Nights, the home video. Until then, the carnival has just begun. (laughs) 